0: Hello, and welcome back for episode six of Take It or Leave It. I'm Meg Toth, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Josh Seidman, who just became a new father for the second time in the last couple of weeks. Yay! I'm so excited for you and your family, Josh. How's everything going?
1: Meg, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Everything is going great. Everyone is doing great. It's been a whirlwind last few weeks, to say the least, but anyone who's had a, a newborn, I think, can relate to that sleep is hard to come by, splitting my attention between my, my new daughter and my three year old son has certainly had its challenges and growing pains, but the moments where my wife and, and my kids and I are all together, and no one's crying right which has uh, not been too many times, but it has happened a few times <laughs> those are the moments that have been been really special for us and it's it's really funny too i mean I've heard from friends of mine that have multiple kids say being a second time parent feels a bit like riding a bike, you know muscle memory kicks in you get of used to that newborn phase and that's pretty much how I feel you know as long as I've got a burp cloth handy I feel like I'm in good shape (laughs) it it might be a bit of overconfidence but I I feel like as long as the burp cloth is is there whatever is going to be coming up or at me over the next few minutes I can kind of handle it you know of course there are going to be hard days and and difficult moments you know running out the door to catch a train for work uh, with spit up on my jacket which which did happen to me a couple of times with my son a few years ago Um, but I feel ready for those moments so Again, everyone is great. Thank you so much. Really just a special time for me and my family.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And that transition from one child to two children, especially with a two or three year old is definitely rough. In fact, I think it nearly killed mm-hmm. me, but I'm living proof <laughs> that you'll make it through. And, and now I have a two and a half and almost five year old, as you know. And, and so mm-hmm. a new baby actually sounds kind of lovely and exciting. But then when I hear words like <laughs> burp cloth and swaddle, I, I don't right. know, I, I start to shudder a little bit. So I, I feel for you, but I'm also so so excited. I know it's hard,
1: but it's such a fun time for you and your family.
0: But I'm glad you could join us here today. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yes. No. Thanks. I, I'm I'm happy too. And and yeah, I needed a few extra lessons from the nurses about how to put the swallow together. That muscle memory did, did not kick in for me. Um, <laughs> but through you know all the excitement, all the exhaustion of a new baby, I, I have to say. I have been so looking forward to today's episode and continuing our discussion on unlimited paid time off. It's such an important topic for so many businesses that we work with and deal with on the domestic front, on the international front. And we covered these important topics and learned so much about unlimited PTO from an international perspective during our last episode with Anna and and Dan. And we have another all-star guest speaker with us today to talk about unlimited PTO for U.S. employees.
0: I completely agree. We are again, so lucky to have such an incredible guest speaker with us today, Chelsea Mesa, a partner from CyFAR's Labor and Employment Group out of Los Angeles. She counsels employers all around the country on this topic and, and many others daily. In fact, it was kind of funny, she was asking me earlier in the week if there was anything she needed to do to prepare for the podcast and I assured her that we were confident she'd be able to answer any questions that we sent her way in her sleep. So I'm just so excited (laughs) to speak to Chelsea
1: today. Yeah, that is exactly right. You know, Chelsea is a great friend of both of ours. One of our go-to California counselors uh, and thought leaders when it comes to advising employers on many, many different issues. One of which, of course, is implementing unlimited paid time off. Chelsea's practice focuses on advising employers concerning various employment related issues, including compliance with California and federal anti-discrimination, anti-harassment and leave laws and other human resources practices, as well as negotiating and documenting employment and severance agreements. Chelsea also counsels clients on their employment policies and performs trainings on all aspects of employment conduct, including California mandated sexual harassment training, discrimination training, and training on the interplay of the Americans with Disabilities Act, with state and federal leave laws. In addition, Chelsea advises employers on hiring and termination decisions, including those where federal and state-worn requirements are triggered and handling performance deficiencies and evaluations. Chelsea is the lead of CyFARC's handbook and policy team and regularly helps clients manage their nationwide and multi-state handbook and addendum needs. And finally, if you need a restaurant recommendation or a hat recommendation, Um, For pretty much any season, any medium or large city in the country, Chelsea almost certainly has some great options for you. So another amazing point about our good friend. Chelsea, welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Wow, thank you. It's really nice to be here. It's always nice to talk to the two of you. I am all sorts of blushing right now based on that introduction. So hopefully uh, you can hear me smiling on the other end of the line. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Chelsea.
0: (laughs) So we're going to sort of hop right into our topic today. And we wanted to start off by setting the stage with sort of what we mean at a domestic level when we say unlimited paid time off, as we saw during the last episode, if you listened in, Chelsea or, or anybody else out there at an international level, it could mean many different things. So we were hoping you could talk a little bit about what it means when an employer says to you, I want to provide employees with unlimited PTO. What does that mean to you or or U.S. employers generally?
2: Generally, it means the same thing as it can internationally. It could mean a thousand different things. You know, we're looking at an employer who maybe wants an all-encompassing bucket of time that will include paid sick, vacation, holidays, et cetera, and potentially wanting to carve out things like extended leaves of absence, uh, the sabbaticals, other lengthy non-routine periods of time off. And, you know, you do see them called or characterized a thousand different things as well. Routine time off, flexible time off. And there are some times where you see employers who are looking for something that's really just focused on vacation, unlimited vacation or flexible vacation policies, and not wanting to encompass paid sick time. So when you hear an employer say, I want unlimited PTO, the first thing I do is ask them what they're actually trying to accomplish with that program, because it really could encompass a thousand things.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ex- exactly, Chelsea. And, you know, you hit upon this uh, a little bit during the last response, but if you could Maybe describe from your work with companies on, on this type of program, what would you say is most commonly you know, the primary objective for a business or businesses that want to implement unlimited PTO? Uh, in, in other words, what are the benefits of this type of program for the employer and, and for you know, the employees who will be taking advantage of that type of program?
2: Yeah, I think in the last couple of years or maybe the last five to 10 years, employers really view unlimited or routine or flexible time off policies as a great benefit, giving more flexibility to their employees, treating them as professionals and giving them the ability to determine how much time is appropriate, what kind of time they should be taking and giving that employee kind of the ownership over the bucket. I mean, and in this case, there would be no set bucket, but giving them the flexibility to determine when to take the time, how much time to take what that needs to look like and recognizing that everybody has different needs in this space. And so it really is kind of a, a recruiting tool, a retention tool, definitely have become more popular of late. And so we're, we're looking at employers who are trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will.
0: Very interesting. So if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like under these types of programs, there's a the potential for employees to get as much time off as they need and employers to sort of avoid the administrative hassles and burdens of tracking the time. And so it sounds like a win-win for all, but perhaps maybe that's too good to be true. What are the drawbacks of, if any, I'm, I guess I'm just assuming there are some, of unlimited paid time off?
2: Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. The idea of a time, um, amount of time that is not tracked or has no administrative burdens would need to be too good to be true. We know there are lots of jurisdictions that are going to make it risky. There's obviously the potential for abuse. We know that an employee who is told that they can take off as much time as they need might just go ahead and do that. And it makes it very difficult for us to then manage that employee But we also we recognize because there are things like vacation laws or paid sick leave laws that there are going to be things that we're going to be wanting to pay attention to. That if we're just sort of saying to employees, take off what you need we may not be strictly complying with some of these administrative requirements that we want to make sure that we're hitting on that these laws are going to require. And so there's always the risk and we don't know a whole lot yet because there's not a lot of exploration and case law in this area, but it's a very gray area on how much an employer would need to do to also feel comfortable that if they're providing this generous benefit, that they're also checking all the boxes that they need to with respect to their jurisdiction's sick and vacation laws.
1: Yeah, exactly, Chelsea. And I think you brought up a really good point, which is it's not as simple or easy as it sounds. You hear the term unlimited PTO and you know eyes widen, sounds like like Meg sort of beat up a win-win. And it's not that simple, right? So let's maybe take a deeper look at some of these issues here. For starters, mandatory paid sick leave laws. You know, the three of us, many of our listeners, many of our colleagues on our, our leaves and accommodations team, We know that these laws have been proliferating all across the country, dozens of them at the state and local level. When you think about unlimited PTO, something that grabs vacation and sick and personal time, it sounds like the employee could take as much paid sick leave as they need and take it for any reason. So shouldn't that be enough to comply with every one of these paid sick leave laws around the country?
2: You would think, I mean, it feels like it should be, but the big question is that we just don't know. We've not seen any of the jurisdictions, especially the ones that are a little bit more aggressive and have a lot more administrative requirements, like I was mentioning before. We've not seen these types of policies or these types of structures really get explored at that level from a state or local administrative agency or court perspective. And so clearly, if I'm an employer who wants to do this, we have to recognize that it's just a little bit of an unknown, you know, obviously, depending on how one of these policies is administered could make a huge difference as to whether it's going to meet the requirements of the various laws, but until we get some guidance, and at this point we just don't have any, then there will always be a risk that whatever we're doing may not be good enough
0: yeah it is it's challenging to navigate these these unknown spaces as, as we know as lawyers, of course. Um, <laughs> So it sounds like it could be better. I know you mentioned earlier on that some employers do just focus on unlimited or flexible vacation and try and leave out paid sick leave from this aspect or from this type of program. Is that something that you know you have helped clients with or or that you've explored and sort of what the benefits of that would be, if any, in terms of excluding paid sick time under like a separate accrual policy and just having this unlimited concept be geared towards vacation?
2: Sure. I see clients do this all the time. I think because of the things we hit on and some of those unknowns around the administrative requirements of the various paid sick leave ordinances and laws, there are a lot of employers who decide we're just going to use our unlimited or our flexible benefit for vacation. And we're still going to provide a legally compliant, you know, does all the crosses, all the T's, dots, all the I's type of paid sick leave program separately and in addition to our routine vacation type of policy. And that gives them a little bit of an additional comfort level around knowing that they have checked all of the various paid sick leave boxes. And I do think I see that a lot more and more as we're moving through this space. That certainly seems to be a trend as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great point, Chelsea. And you know, what, one thing I'll say too, when we're thinking about these paid sick leave laws you know, we, we know that they come with these different burdensome technical requirements, you know, uh, record keeping balance notice I mean, things like that. You know, and any sort of thoughts on how, you know, if, you, if you're dealing with unlimited PTO, an employer might try to navigate those requirements or why that might make carving out sick leave laws at least a, a worthwhile step for the employer to take in the unlimited PTO space.
2: Yeah, that's fair. And I think that that really does vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. I mean, because I live and work in California and have been here for such a long time, and you look at some of the various ordinances that we are dealing with, there are a lot of administrative requirements like putting the balance on the pay stub, et cetera. And so a lot of employers will just choose to separate it so that they know they feel 100% sure that they are in compliance because they can actually put the amount available for use right there on the pay stub and not have to worry about the concept of unlimited, which, you know, from a... A pay stub perspective is technically allowed in California, but I, you know, a lot of our clients when they provide unlimited, they don't mean truly unlimited, and so they opt for something a little bit different so that they can limit the use of sick to what's required by the law. And by separating unlimited vacation or routine vacation from the paid sick leave law, they feel a little bit more comfortable they can do that.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you mentioned, you know, let's put sick leave aside for a second, right? Other state laws that might also make unlimited PTO. Difficult or challenging in in, in some jurisdictions, are there any states in particular where unlimited PTO isn't recommended or, or at least comes with a higher level of risk?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges that we're facing around these routine vacation policies was because there was no guidance generally, it left the door open for some challenges. And we did have a case in California, you know, just a couple of years ago that really focused on what courts would be requiring or looking to require in order for a unlimited or routine vacation policy to not run afoul of California vacation law, which, as many of you know, requires accrual and carryover and payout on, on separation. And the law itself or this very particular case did not go so far as to say you can't have this kind of program in California, but it does add a lot of burden behind the scenes that makes it more difficult for an employer, you know, in in terms of having one that they will not have to worry so much will end up requiring them to pay out vacation at termination as well. Vacation is treated as wages in California. It's treated as wages in a couple of different states. And so the idea that you would have this bucket of routine time, you know, without having there be, for example, tracking the time or knowing how much time people are taking, making really does create a bit of a gray area for an employer to know at the end of the day, did I do enough to make sure that this policy or this program was fair, or will I have employees coming back to me and challenging that they need to be paid out for some measure of vacation because, you know, the law in this space is a little gray. We've seen that development in California. We know it can be tricky as everything else in California can be tricky, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see concerns about this raised in some of the other states where vacation is treated as a wage as well.
0: California is always keeping us on our toes, which is one of the many reasons I'm grateful for you every day. (laughs)
2: Thanks. (laughs) The feeling is mutual, Meg.
0: (laughs) So, so to round out our discussion on the drawbacks of unlimited PTO, not to be complete, Debbie Downers here, but I know from my own practice, and I know, you know, we've talked about this as well, that unlimited PTO may work better for some employee populations and not others. Can you speak more specifically to this, including what types of employees unlimited PTO works well for and what types it does not, and maybe why unlimited PTO is not recommended for non-exempt employees?
2: Yeah, no, that's an interesting point, because I think, you know, when these policies first started getting put in place, Generally, they were being used for exempt employee populations and not just all exempt employee populations, but employees who really are very self-managed and have other metrics that they need to meet in order to be able to do their jobs. Because then really, as long as they're doing a good job and they're getting enough work done the amount of time off they take shouldn't be all that relevant. And so it naturally gravitated toward that population. And lately, we've seen a lot more employers across the country attempting to develop their unlimited or routine time off policies to also include non-exempt employees. And, you know, we're not seeing a lot of success in that simply because it is a lot less common that a non-exempt employee is going to have those separate metrics. Usually, and and clearly we know non-exempt employees only get paid when they work. And so there might not be as much of a an incentive to put in the necessary volume of work you know with a non exempt employee as would exist in an in exempt employee space and all the case law and things we, we've been talking about and and you know trying to put in some safeguards around ones policies always assumes that the program is specific to exempt employees. We've not really seen any guidance at all, any case law at all that really talks to what this type of a program would need to look like for a non-exempt employee. And so it's almost as though nobody really anticipated that it would ever become that. And so I really do see a lot of employers struggling when they implement such a program for a non-exempt employee population, figuring out, you know, maybe it's not going to work in the long run and then going back to a traditional accrual or grant system because maybe they're not getting as much of the volume of work that they needed to, or people are abusing it and they don't feel like they have the ability to really rein it back in. So it can be very, very tricky in the non-exempt world.
1: Oh, very interesting, Chelsea. Really, I mean, so many points to be aware of as gray areas for us and our clients to navigate through we spent a lot of time talking about the risks and issues associated with unlimited PTO. So to close things out on a slightly more positive note, you know, as we know, despite the risks, despite certain drawbacks, many employers are still implementing these policies. Can you describe what the ideal best practice unlimited PTO policy program would be for a nationwide employer?
2: Sure. I mean, I can certainly give some pointers. The area is still gray and developing. And so the last thing I want to do is make any promises, especially now that we know that there's a lot more scrutiny in this space. You know, I think it's always safer to characterize it as more of a routine or a flexible time off policy and not unlimited. Because again, as we talked about, the goal is not to give an employee an absolute unlimited period of time off. We are carving things out that are non-routine, things that are going to be a little bit longer, like an FMLA leave or a another leave of absence, and so those types of things make more sense if the policy is characterized as routine. I also like the idea of carving out the paid sick leave into a separate bucket. That may not be absolutely necessary in all jurisdictions, but I think from a safety nationwide perspective, having that be addressed, especially for those locations that have mandatory sick leave laws, I think that's a safer way to operate. And I also like the idea of using these for only exempt employees and maybe even only subsets of those exempt populations, because not every exempt employee is going to be so self-directed that a routine time-off policy is going to be ideal or really work for that individual. And so, you know, clearly there are going to be jurisdictions don't feel as strongly in this space, jurisdictions that don't have laws around vacation, don't have laws around sick time. And so there's certainly a lot more flexibility for employers in that regard and in those jurisdictions. But if we're looking at something that they want to be able to use nationally, then aiming for the most restrictive is going to be a better practice there. But, you know, I think the best practice is always to call one of us and have us help them talk through it and figure out if it would work at all for their workplace and, you know, what we would recommend kind of on a case-by-case basis.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's all super helpful we just really, really appreciate all your guidance and thoughtfulness and, and responses and time. And, and if I lived a more exciting life, I'd be asking you for restaurant recommendations or, or perhaps <laughs> where I should buy my next cat, but I don't really go anywhere. <laughs> you can also but borrow a yeah, hat. You, we, don't, you don't have
2: to buy a new one. You can borrow <laughs> one of mine.
0: Perfect. You can, I'll, I'll be contacting you. can ship it my way.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. Well, well, thank you so much. We, we really do appreciate all of your time
1: and thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, thank you so much, Chelsea. Really, really appreciate everything you did for us. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. It's great having this chat. I'm sure there's a lot more to come on it. So um, we could probably revisit this, you know, a year from now and have a very different conversation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and thank you. Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. And, And thank you
0: to all of our listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back soon with another exciting topic.